The Money Show. Business Unusual. With Colin Cullis. So business unusual, Colin Colors tonight. Uh, yeah, it's huge disruption to American fuel supply. We've seen people go to fuel pumps, to gas tanks, to gas pumps, and, and filling plastic bags, shopping bags, checkers bags with petrol. I mean, insane scenes in America. It was, and just to add to the insanity, uh, Bruce, and, and good to report that those plastic bag uh, <laughs> stories that were circulating, they thankfully not from this incident. Uh, the one was from 2019 where somebody just thought it was a thing to fill a bag <laughs> okay. with petrol, like what could go wrong? Uh, and a similar one that I saw was somebody uh, putting it in their boot, uh, which was an incident happening in Mexico where, where apparently stealing okay. petrol and sticking them in bags was, was the way to go. But but that just goes to the craziness of this and, and the extent of it, because you're right, that pipeline, 8,000-odd kilometers of it, delivers 477 million liters of petrol up and down the east coast of America. Um the, the, the company Colonial Pipeline got uh, hit by uh, cyber criminals. Darkside, uh, the Darkside group is their name. Uh, and the reason I want to pick up on it is because Darkside didn't mean to hit such a big target. That was not their intention. They're not looking to try and uh, make any statements about Colonial being in their names and so we should attack them. They weren't looking to compromise American infrastructure, although a lot of people probably are trying to do that. They were simply looking to make money and found the wrong target. But um, the fact that so many people are looking for targets is the reason I want to raise it. Cybercrime and um, being hacked used to be the kind of thing that people talked about to say, yes, we were aware of it. It happens to somebody, but not me. Dare I say in the same way that prior to uh, 2020, we talk about pandemics and the risk of these things being, yeah, yeah, we know it's a risk, but you know, we'll deal when it comes. It's not really a risk now. Well, th- that has changed. The, the number of people on, on the internet with access to computers um, which is these days, there are more people that have access to it than they don't. It's almost 60% now, which suggests that if there is a pandemic and, and times are tough and 15 years ago, 20 years ago, people were told, get into IT, get into computers. There's a wonderful career ahead of you. Well, there are so many people in it now and most of the really big companies have consolidated and doing what they're doing or automated the stuff that they're doing. There's a lot of people, good people with lots of skills, uh, but not necessarily an opportunity to make the kind of money that they would have been making, let's say, from Bitcoin uh, less than a 10 hours ago. <laughs> exactly. Uh, anymore. 12 hours ago. 12 hours ago, yeah. 12 hours ago. I, I suppose the, the one bit that maybe we can just take a quick little dig at the crypto guys um, is that most of this ransomware demands uh, cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin specifically, for payment. Uh, and so anybody that was done in the last sort of six, six 12 months uh, can, can live a little easier knowing that, haha, whatever they had to pay over, it's worth half. In fact, uh, Colonial Pipeline paid $5 million, uh, which was about, at the time, I think, three Bitcoin or something stupid, um, to to get their data sort of uh, 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 unencrypted. Um, turns out that didn't work so well anyway. But I wanted to start just with some of the jargon in this thing because it's, it's a good way for us to remember just what's at risk here. And one of the terms you'll hear often banded around in these things is the Trojan horse. Uh, from that story, uh, from antiquity, Greeks trying to uh, take over the city of Troy, not getting much luck with the siege, big walls, song, city gates. So some bright spark came out there and says, let's all hide and leave a horse, a big horse, and put some people <laughs> inside. And then the Trojans will think, ha ha, we, we won, we won. Haul the horse inside and say, how marvelous are we? At night, the soldiers inside will climb out and open the gates and we will attack the city. Uh, and as crazy as that idea might sound, um, the hubris of the Trojans seemingly did have them take a very large horse left in the middle of the nowhere 
uh, to take it into their city to go and brag. And yes, the the city was overrun by the Greeks, who um, you know, forevermore can now say that they did those amazing things. And that's usually how these attacks happen. I say usually; it's not the only way, but typically, the way to get into a, a company and and their resources is send somebody that looks like something it isn't. And you're not overthinking why somebody would send you something, particularly if it's something that says, uh, get this amazing thing for your uh, social media accounts or get this amazing thing for your business or half price or just anything really to make you say, oh, that looks interesting, click. Uh, and if it's a good one, the click will do nothing. You'll think, oh, okay, it was a little advertise, uh, an advertisement for something or some little odd thing. What it's actually done is install something that's going to start tracking what it is you're doing, maybe watching the emails you're sending, seeing what files it can save to determine if yours is a company that's worth actually creating a ransom. Because as much as cyber criminals you might think are like regular criminals, and they're going to smash and grab and try and mug you, uh, they're actually a business. And, and like most businesses, you need to decide how much can you hold someone to ransom, knowing that they can afford to pay it, but not so low that you're not going to be worth your while. And so if you just go and sort of uh, randomly tell somebody, give me five Bitcoin or you'll lose all your data, I suppose most people will simply say, well, take the data, I don't care, I'll just you know make some more. Um, so that, that's where it's kind of clever. And the one I wanted to pick up first, because we've got a lot more information about it, it's the fourth anniversary of the one that uh, did the rounds back in 2017, uh, was one called WannaCry. I don't know if you remember it, it was particularly bad in the NHS, because they had a lot of systems that were running hospital uh, hardware, you know, scanners and radiography machines and things like that. The kind of stuff that when Microsoft typically says, oh, there's a new patch, update your software. You're like, well, if I update the software, my scanner might stop working or the thing might, might work. So they tend to not do it. Anyway, it exploited that. But here's where it gets completely crazy. And, and for a reference, and I'm going a little bit all over the show here, for a reference, I'm going to refer you back to a 2015 movie called Black Hat, which most people thought was rubbish but happened to have on its uh, panel of experts sort of advising them on the movie, an ex-FBI agent and uh, a former anonymous hacker. They were sort of consultants on the movie. And as part of the movie junkets, the entertainment journalist, Christy Fla, managed to interview the two of them together. And a quick aside, Kirsty Fly is the one that's basically caused the Golden Globes to be kicked off of air uh, next year because of not allowing her in. But she managed to sit down with these two and ask them, who are we most at risk at? Now, the, the first voice you're going to hear is the former uh, anonymous hacker. The second voice you're going to hear is the FBI agent. Take a listen to who they think we're really at most at risk from. I think the biggest threats to the FBI, the NSA, um, and their counterparts in foreign governments. I mean, these are all essentially, you know, companies, right, that try to justify their budgets in various ways, often by scaremongering. And, uh, with virtual impunity will launch exactly the same kinds of assaults that they'll lock people up for decades for. Well, I obviously disagree with that. Uh, I don't think that the government's the worst entity in the world. I mean, there's plenty of criminals out there and there are uh, plenty of unscrupulous people out there who are launching attacks, real attacks that we see all the time. And, you know, understandably, you know, uh, security and privacy are uh, opposite ends of the same spectrum, right? So there's always going to be in a democracy, a, a, I would hope, a healthy debate between what the government needs to do to protect us and, you know, the rights of citizens. So so that was a take from the two the two sides, as it were. And I've got to tell you, the, the, the hacker guy, he sat there, he had a beanie on, he had a hoodie on, he looked like the hacker guy with slats in his chair, the FBI guy, clean cut, with a suit, looking all, all, all <laughs> professional. Here's the thing about this, this WannaCry uh, thing that got us in 2017. It was, it, was, it was based on an exploit called the uh, Eternal Blue. 
Eternal Blue was discovered by the NSA as a major vulnerability inside Microsoft's code. Usually when people discover those sorts of vulnerabilities, they let the company, in this case Microsoft, know they've got a vulnerability so they can fix it and then release it. That's called the, the bug bounty hunting, which we chat by before. The NSA didn't do that. In fact, they turned it into a program that they could use to exploit other people's networks. Unfortunately, uh, we don't know who necessarily or how they got it, but it was stolen from the NSA in some way and then released on the dark web, only to be taken by what's very likely the North Korean formal hacking organization, which then released WannaCry as a random sort of thing to find any vulnerabilities, any computers that had uh, this gap. It would exploit the computer and then send itself on to try and do it. Hundreds of thousands of computers were done. You had to pay somewhere between $300 and $600, which was small change still at the time. But there it was. A government had created it. It was stolen and exploited by another government. I think that anonymous hacker may have a point to say, maybe the hackers aren't the worst lot in this whole thing. And I've got to tell you at the moment, the, the BBC have an excellent podcast out called The Lazarus Heist, which talks about that uh, North Korean hacker group, because more recently they were the ones that um, made uh, Sony uh, pay uh, by releasing all of those very embarrassing emails about all of the stuff that they were up to, because Sony had the temerity to have a, a comedy movie made in which uh, Kim El-sung was uh, assassinated as part of the movie. So now we come back to the, the this dark side group. And, and the more I read about it, the more I just sort of shook my head and said, I can't believe how crazy this is and how like very everyday it is. So on the dark web, dark side maintain a very professional looking website. On it, you will find their most recent list of companies that were hacked. Um, you will also find media contacts and a way to reach <laughs> out and you know negotiate, discuss with dark side what you might need. And crazy, a career of the 2020s, is the notion of hacker negotiators. Uh, there is a, a US firm that um, is quite involved in this <laughs> that will work on your behalf with the hackers to negotiate a lower price and then help you actually unscramble uh, everything because most companies have no idea how to unencrypt the data once it's been done. It also comes with the thing that a lot of companies are not allowed to deal with hackers but they can deal with uh, you know, another legitimate business that happens to do these things. And so that's how they engage them, which makes it all seem so above board and normal. In fact, when somebody, you know, unfortunately gets a horrible message popping up on their screen these days, it says, you know, all your bases are out, your machine is encrypted pay or else. You probably just pick up the phone book or something, not that it'd be a book anymore, but you know, go online and you'll find a whole list of people who say, yeah, we can help you do all of these sort of amazing things. Well, anyway, the, the crazy thing with Darkseid is that, as I said earlier, they wouldn't want to attack a, a, um, a target as big as this, because it has attracted a lot of scrutiny now from the US authorities. Enough that Darkseid themselves has been shut down, their servers are gone, their crypto wallets have been frozen and the money has been removed. I don't know if it was them that got it out, $90 million if, uh, if, if the reports are to be believed. Uh, they got at least 47 uh, ransom attacks were paid of the 99 odd that they had in the last year or so. Uh, but this attack itself wasn't done by Darkseid. Darkseid run a franchisee operation. Huh. Hackers with you know, an opportunity to say, hey, maybe I can join this group, will get given access to their tools and software to go and scout out people for a cut of what they make as a ransom. And unfortunately, the shift has moved from what that was with the WannaCry, which is a sort of a spray and pray type thing, look for vulnerable machines and, and see where we go, to now it's a lot more targeted. They're sort of picking and choosing their targets. Because again, uh, if, you, if you target somebody too big, you're gonna attract attention and then you're gonna have the authorities on your back. If you target a relatively small company, they won't know what to do. And even if a small company did have to go to the authorities and say, my company has been hacked, please won't you help me? They're gonna say like, man, 
for all of the other things I've got to deal with today, that's hardly going to be uh, the biggest thing I have to deal yeah. with. Well, having said that, and I know uh, Wendy's going to be looking at insurance, the, the, the twist in the tail for me is that insurance companies have taken to offering companies uh, cyber security insurance. It would cover the cost for recovering your data and even the cost for the ransoms. France has introduced legislation that says they're not allowed to do that. And so the insurer AXA had recently said, okay, we're not paying ransoms anymore in France. Days later, their Asian operations got hacked, ransomware attacked, probably for the exact same reason. Protecting your businesses, I'm not going to get into that. It's, it's quite technical, but not as hard as trying to decrypt your data or pay somebody in Bitcoin. So much rather go that route. And the second one, of course, is, is us. We are generally always the weakest leaks. And so let's not be like the Trojans and look at a shiny horse out the city gates and say, oh, pretty, come on in. Yeah, exactly right. Colin Cullis with Business Unusual. Thank you very much indeed. Oh, the dark world of these cyber criminals and the fact that they run their businesses uh, like regular enterprises and they're even franchising operations. It blows my mind.